Welcome to Sandwiched. I'm Jennifer. I'm a retired teacher taking care of my 95-year-old father. And I'm Sue, and I'm just tired taking care of my 91-year-old mother with Alzheimer's. We're just two of the over 53 million Americans caring for their elderly parents. And if you're one of them, too, tune in to laugh and cry and everything in between. Each week, we'll have special guests and professionals who give their advice about geriatric care, as well as their own stories about their elderly loved ones. This week, we're on a topic that I never thought we'd be discussing when we were putting together this podcast. But boy, is it relevant to know when you have elderly parents. And that topic is teeth. Especially, Jennifer, with your dad's issues this past year. I I feel like my poor dad and I were in his dentist's office so much last year. uh, I need to put his dentist on this year's Christmas card list. (laughs) With his dental problems, so many other health issues come into play. So during World War II, my dad's jaw was hit by the butt of a gun, which has caused lifelong problems. And now he has implants and dentures. And all of it is a big challenge. Wow. He's very unsatisfied. And um, I don't know what else to do. I feel badly. But every time we go home, he feels like, okay, this is going to work this time. And then Mm -hmm. he can't bite into a steak, which is really all he wants in life is to bite a steak. So it's meatloaf and um, soup. Soup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's funny that you say that because I was, uh, I got a phone call from my cousin. They take care of, he and his partner take care of his mother-in-law who has always had great teeth. But one day last week, um, his, uh, partner, Tina was in the bathroom and she looked down and she thought, Oh, those are my pearl earrings on the ground. And it was a pair of teeth. Mm. It was her mom's teeth which is a little unsettling. So this is yet another issue when you're a caretaker for your parents. What do you do about their teeth? Right, especially if they're falling out and they don't know it. Uh Uh-huh, or they can't eat steak. And and they're they're relegated to soup. So this week's guest is Dr. Evan Georgiev, an oral surgeon who not only has his finger on the pulse, or should I say the gums, of the geriatric dentistry industry, he has stories about his grandmother that are so unbelievably funny. I actually have my inhaler in my hand if I start an asthma orgasma from laughing so hard. <laughs> really? You're so silly. Hi, Evan. So happy that you're here with I'm us. I'm happy to be here, too. And before we get started, may we offer you a sandwich? No, I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm sure your appetite will be built by the time we're done. Don't mind Mattis, our dog, in the background. It's okay. He's fine. (laughs) We are a very low-tech studio as of yet. (laughs) And now... That was me. The action begins. Sometimes I can't help it. (laughs) You know, majority of what I do is implants and... uh, taking out teeth so right so being that you're a surgeon you get to kind of see the results of a lifetime of improper care right since we you know those of us are taking care of our elderly parents and 
I don't know about you, Sue, but I'm not at the point yet, nor will I ever, because that would be a hired person. But, you know, my dad does not need me to step in in that kind of hygiene area. He's on his own. He has his own bathroom. He has all his own equipment, water picks. But when I take him to the dentist, the dentist, she goes nuts because he's not keeping things clean right. enough. Mm-hmm. He, they want to do a cleaning every three months. She goes, I don't want my teeth clean. They don't, I don't need my teeth clean. I only have the bottom teeth. There's nothing to clean, you know, and he's very obstinate about right. it. Mm-hmm. I always say only clean the teeth you want to keep. There you go. My mom's caretaker took my mom to the dentist last week because my mom, who has Alzheimer's, doesn't even think to brush her teeth anymore. No, she will not do that. And so I, the, uh, the caretaker does it, and I try to do it, but trying to get her to floss her teeth, I, I can't do it. And I have seen her occasionally with a knife in her mouth because she has food stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. So after the dental appointment last week, my mom uh, had had some gum disease because there was so much food caught in between. So I, I was talking to Evan about that and his suggestion was Yeah, the the little you gotta do what's gonna make it easy. The little they're like little floss sticks that it looks like a little sword with a with a piece of floss on there. Mm-hmm. Something like that would, would be what I would mm-hmm. do whatever makes it easy. Electric toothbrush. As you get older you lose the ability to you know, it's just you're just like a little kid again. You you can't hold the brush right, you don't have the coordination. Mm-hmm. You might forget you're brushing your teeth midway through, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. I had never thought of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you would be, I had one patient, he came and he said, um, you know, older gentleman. And he said, if you move your office one more time without telling me, I'm not coming back. And I never saw him again. <laughs> In other words, he had dementia and he thought we kept moving our office. Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, the, the thing with too, with, as you get older, I, I tell my patients, you want to start fixing things before you get old like when you're beginning the ride i call it so don't wait till you're 80 to start addressing things do it while you while you are still with it so that way when you do hit the part where you don't know what you're doing everything is pretty much stabilized but trying to fix things when people are you know mentally not with it it's almost not worth it yeah. And the, the inability to eat properly is, I don't know the statistic, but it it is a huge part of staying healthy. If you cannot eat properly, you cannot be healthy. If you cannot eat fiber, then, you can, then you're prone to blood sugar, you know, diabetic. Okay. Uh, you, you can't chew your food right, so you're going to get stomach problems. You're going to be swallowing your food. You're going to get constipated. I mean, here we go. So, so what you want to do is preemptively get people kind of on their way or get all the really big treatment done before you get too old. Otherwise it's just, it's just too hard. You know, a lot of times it's finances just aren't there. I mean, implants and surgical procedures are not cheap. So most often the folks that need it the most have the least access to it. But, uh, that being said, you still have to get at least a pair of dentures that they can wear that, that they can at least receive some proper nutrition. Yes, we've had a couple of incidents where my dad was wearing temporary full palate dentures and was unable to chew meat, 
or eat salad, and that was causing a problem. And one weekend, my husband and I went away for Mother's Day. My son was with dad, and his digestive issues got so bad that my son texted me saying they think they're going to have to go to the emergency room. Luckily, with enough time and hydration, they averted having to go to the hospital. But it was definitely a wake-up call for us to be more aware of his health when the dentures aren't working for him. Yeah, it it leads to all those not-so-fun situations. Mm -hmm. And what about someone, I have a relative who is very well off financially, so money isn't the issue, but she has lost numerous teeth. And her children want her to do something about it, but she just doesn't want to. She says, I'm 94 years old. I don't want to. I mean, if they're going to fight you on it, it's just, I don't think there's anything you can do. Once you're in your 90s, even if she wanted them, she may not be a good candidate at that time. Because so many, especially women, have osteoporosis at that point. And osteoporosis is pretty much a a deal killer for uh, implants. You know, I mean, you get bone loss around teeth and implants if the, if they're not cleaned properly. Mm-hmm. So especially when you have uh, a lot of dental work in there, you got to you got to really get them cleaned at least three times. You know, every three months mm-hmm. is good, but they don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess this this podcast is the forewarning for those of us still young enough to take right. care of our this teeth. Right. Right. Seems right. like it's thinking. I that ship has sailed for our stubborn elderly parents that don't want to go to yeah. the dentist. It's much better to maintain what you have than to create something new. You know, yeah. if I was going to get a hair transplant, I waited too long, you see. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if I had done it 30 years ago, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I just feel bad for my dad. It's such a drag. He is a foodie. He loves to cook. He likes to read recipes. And it's one of the few pleasures he has left, right, is to really enjoy cooking and eating. So the full palate denture doesn't work well for him. You know, he can't chew everything. No, if you can't chew, eating is difficult. Yeah, which is why they're salvaging the implants that he already has, his older implants, so that he can have that type of denture and then be able to taste his food better. Could you differentiate between these types of dentures for us? Yes, you have a full denture. A full upper denture has a palate. And the reason it has that is because the, the palate or the roof of the mouth creates suction keeps the teeth in. Even though they don't like that, it's pretty much the only way you can get a a pair of dentures with no palate is with implants. And you have to have at least four to six of them. And then you can have what's called a a full upper implant supported bridge or an all on four. That's the new marketing term. Mm. But usually it turns out to be an all on four. Six, you know, it depends on how many implants you, you can get in there. But that's usually out of the question by the time you're in your 90s because you just don't have enough available bone. Plus, that's a big, that's a lot, of, that's a traumatic amount of surgery for someone in their 90s. Thank you for that info. You've given us a lot to chew on. Could you tell us about your grandmother? Well, telling you about my grandmother is you have to have a little background information. She was. I think she was crazy from day one. Okay. So what was her heritage? Um, 
Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. So, but I think there's just a lot of wild ass hillbilly in there, you know. So she was four foot ten on a good day. Okay, and and she didn't ever ever fix her hair. So her hair was this wispy little pile of sticks that would blow around. I used to call her Yoda because that's what she looked like. She'd come into the room. She had the little hunchback and she wore rain boots with no socks and they were clear. Okay. This is what I mean. When you say, tell me about your grandma, we got to do a little bit of background here. Okay. And she didn't, she shuffled in those boots so you could hear her coming. (laughs) So you had time to prepare for what was about to happen, you know, and, uh, she was very disruptive. She was mean to my mom. She was just mean as a hornet. But I learned how to get along with her by making fun of her. And in the end, I was her favorite. So it became like this ongoing, you know, Tom and Jerry kind of thing. But also, she didn't just come to visit. She lived Oh, no. With she lived with us. People would say, you know, how old's your... Grandma and I go, I don't know. She came with the house. You know, she she was hanging upside down in the garage when we got here. <laughs> she comes out at night to feed, but, you know, you'll be gone by then. So don't worry. How many children did she raise? Uh, two. But, she, you know, my mom, you know, my uncle, my mom's brother lived in Texas, you know, so he didn't really. He, he, not Most people can't handle her. She was tough. I mean, so she... uh you know, she just had specific jobs. You know, she used to always, you know, my dad's name was George. And she would say, you know, if I don't do my chores, George will throw me out. I'll be on the street. So she would invent all these ridiculous things to do, you know, like uh, getting the mail from the mailbox. And if you tried to get the mail, she, it would be, it would just be, she would scream and yell and cuss at you and and. and so what I would do is I'd see her going across the lawn and then I'd, I'd yell out the window, I'll get the mail. And I'd shake all the windows and she'd be in a full sprint, you know, in her, with her Yoda hair and the rain boots. I mean, it was just awesome. Just awesome. There's so many stories that involve her. Um, but one of the all time classics is, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, she had special jobs that she had designated herself. To do, and we couldn't get involved, and she'd make them into these incredibly complex procedures. So we had this outdoor shed where we kept our cat at night because he would get in fights and, and get bit up. So we had to keep him in. Okay, so the litter box is in there. So she want her job was to clean the litter box, and she would get mad if you cleaned it. There's no poop. Where's the poop? The cat's constipated. What'd you do with the poop? So. <laughs> One time I thought, you know, I'm going to take it to the next level here. So I went in the night before and I took all the poop out of the litter box with some barbecue tongs and I spray painted each turd gold. Okay. (laughs) And I gave them about two or three coats to get them just really gleaming. And then I put them back in the litter box. But you know how they put the jewelry at the mall with the gravel and the display case? I mean, I went in there like it was a friggin' cake. You know, gave it some style, like a Southwestern feel. And then I put all the little turds in there, all the golden turds. And then, and I'm at the kitchen table with my brother. 
the next morning and I, we hear her coming down the back stairs because she lived in the upstairs apartment. And we, we hear her coming down the stairs. And I go, oh, Adam, Adam, get ready, man. Let's look out the window. And uh, we, I hear her open the, the shed. Then she approaches the litter box and we hear her. Oh my God, what kind of poop is that? <laughs> so then she's like rushing back into the house and we run back to the table. And uh, she's like, I got to talk to you guys. And I'm like, about what? Well, it sounds crazy, but I think there's something wrong with the cat. <laughs> I go, something's wrong with the cat. Perhaps maybe there's something wrong with his poop. She goes, as a matter of fact, yes. I know it sounds crazy, but the cat is crapping pure gold. <laughs> and I said, well, Grandma, you've heard about the goose that laid golden eggs. We got the cat that lays golden turret. She goes, I knew it was you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And she starts slapping me. <laughs> so that's the kind of relationship I have with my grandma. <laughs> so you lived on a large property. And your grandmother lived with you. Yes. And how did your how did your dad feel about that? Well, first off, she was always on her best behavior when he was around. <laughs> she would raise you know hell all day, and then when he would come home, she would we called her her George voice. Hello, George. How was your day? <laughs> you know, after she'd just been the on a rampage. Yeah, just swinging from the trees with a hatchet. You know. <laughs> Uh, but how did he feel about it? He, my dad was raised, you know, they, he was a, a first generation Eastern European. So they're, they grew up with aunts, uncles, and everyone living together. So I think that's why it wasn't a big deal to him mm -hmm. because he was just used to that. And he knew, uh, she was better there than by herself. <laughs> uh, so you I, know. I take it your, your grandfather died at a relatively young age. Well, he, he had his issues. And they got divorced long before okay. she moved out. She was originally from Pennsylvania, but she moved out when uh, when I was born, which was 1963. Mm -hmm. okay. Cars had just been invented. Yes. So yes, but no seatbelts. No seatbelts. You just had to have a thick forehead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, at what point did she start segueing into Alzheimer's? We started noticing. You know, never, she was never, uh, you know, into her appearance or hygiene, but, uh, I go, you know, mom, it looks like grandma's getting tan. You know, have you noticed she's starting to look like she's really tan? <laughs> and it's because she hadn't taken a bath in six months. Uh, so, and the hair had no oil in it. So it never, you know, was never greasy stuck to her head, but she just looked like a, t like she was really got a tan, you know, so we started noticing that kind of stuff uh -huh. or, when we would bring her food, she would literally devour it, you know, because so we knew she wasn't eating or she would forget to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, th those kind of things started happening. Okay. And then we noticed she would start to, you know, get up in the middle of the night and walk around the yard with a flashlight. And I'm like, Grandma, it's it's nighttime. You need well, to go but to luckily, bath. your property had a huge yeah big fence around it, so she could she couldn't it. have scaled over it if she right if she wanted, but. So then I would put up signs in her house saying, it's nighttime, go back to bed. 
And then the next morning she would go, some nut put signs all over my house. I don't know who it was. You know, so then we had this giant Rottweiler. He was a big old boy. And uh, he, you know, we had to put him to sleep and they were best buddies. And my mom was worried because, you know, it was one of her things that really kept her going. My my grandma comes downstairs and, and says, you know, the dog was my best friend and I'm going to miss him. So... I'm going to leave his dish here with a $20 bill and I want you to buy a flower and put it in there so I can remember him. You know, my mom is fighting back the tears, you know, just so emotional. And then a half hour later, my grandma comes in the house and goes, you're never going to believe this, but some dumbass put 20 bucks in the dog's dish. Can you believe it? And I go, you see, mom, don't worry. She'll be just fine. Then when we finally had to put her in a, in a care facility, my mom's like, you got to go see her. You got to go see her. And uh, I'm like, okay. So I go, she's not going to remember. Oh, yes, she will. Yes, she will. So I take her out for an ice cream. Uh, well, that's the other thing I used to do. I would buy ice cream, eat the ice cream, and put the container in her trash. And then she would go, I don't remember eating it, but thank you. <laughs> and my brother goes, you're, you're not... A very nice person, that. And I go, hey, man, we all get through how we get through. <laughs> but anyway, back to the care facility. Uh, I take her out to ice cream, and I still know what her favorite flavor it was burgundy cherry. But then they change it to cherries jubilee. But anyway, that's a sideline. So we go out, we have our ice cream, and I, and I get her back to the care facility. And I go, okay, Grandma, you stay where you are. I'm going to walk around and open the door and help you get on your seatbelt undone. All right. I get out of the car, walk around the car. I open the door and she goes, Oh, hi, how have you been? And I knew. I knew then. We were on our way somewhere beyond the ice cream. How long was she in the facility? Once she got in there, um, I remember one time I went to visit her and I left. And then I looked in the window from the porch and I waved at her. And she came to the window and flipped me off and put the window shade down. And told my mom there was some pervert looking at her. You know what I mean? So we get to that point. But she went downhill pretty quick after that. Okay. But uh, she was sure uh, a barrel of monkeys while she was with us. Gosh. So you had the multi-generational. Oh, yeah. You had a semi-coherent grandmother turn into a demented one. Correct. You had the whole span. Yeah, we got the full ride. The full ride. With all the rides and attractions. Yeah, she was something else. I did get a chance to speak my piece with my grandmother because we were packing up all her stuff to get her to go to the to the care facility. And I, I just knew once that she went there, she was going to go downhill faster. But we didn't have a choice. There's just no way. And, uh, you know, she was sad. And, and I, you know, I just sat her down and I go, Grandma, I just want you to know that I appreciate all the things you did for me. And I know we had a lot of fun and we made, you know, and sometimes I know I drove you nuts, but, you know, but I appreciate you taking care of me when I was a sick kid. And she said, oh, sweetheart, it was my pleasure. You know, so it was nice. It was nice. So. How lucky you are that you had that closure. Right. I even got that chance with my parents before they got too far off. We were at a barbecue and I made sure they knew, mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate what you've done. And uh, I know I wasn't the easiest kid, <laughs> but.
But uh, I know I'm where I'm at because of you guys. And uh, it's nice to be able to do that. And it wasn't too long after that that they were out beyond beyond the reach. But yeah, it's nice if you can get to say that. So I'm lucky that way. Yes, you are. And it's a good reminder to look for those opportunities to tell your parents and loved ones just how much they mean to you. You'll be so glad you did. We are so grateful to have Evan join us for this episode. It was a lot of fun. And remember, in our podcasts, all conversations amongst hosts and guests are strictly their own opinions. Please always seek out your own professional for guidance in your healthcare and well-being. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week. And remember, if you're feeling sandwiched, you are not alone. Mm-hmm.